Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside good friend and host of the Bucks Radio Network, host of the Bucks in 60 podcast, and probably a bunch of other things that uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Justin Garcia, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Just uh, now, what, a week into the offseason? And uh, I guess trying to shift our attention uh, to the offseason. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been quite the adjustment the last week or so. All right, so this is going to be the Giannis MVP pod, of course. Obviously, he went back-to-back, picked up the award over the weekend. Before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Uh, so it's all about Giannis in this episode, Justin. He won the MVP uh, very clearly. A very convincing win by the voting. I think we all expected this from... Uh, who we heard had said who they'd voted for. And this is kind of the strange thing about MVP voting. I, I feel like it wasn't always the case, but now people that have votes, they tend to you know, give an indication or just straight up tell you who they've voted for. So this was absolutely no surprise. There was no suspense coming into this uh, MVP award. I think last year even there was a little bit more suspense, probably just because Giannis hadn't won the award before and it was just very cool for him to do so. But he ended up with 85 first place votes to LeBron's 16. We can touch on that a little bit later on. And then the rest of the votes for Giannis were all second place. And uh, LeBron got 84 second place votes. James Harden picked up a sneaky little second place vote there. He, I wonder if he's happy about that. We're not too sure. But Giannis, back-to-back MVP. Uh, still very cool. And I, I think that the way that the season ended for the Bucs, the, the fact that there's no awards night, the fact that he couldn't be there, he's in Greece... The whole situation's a little bit strange, but ultimately when it comes down to it, winning back-to-back MVPs is pretty damn cool. Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously know the company that he joins with the back-to-back MVPs, and we touched on it earlier with the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year award in the same season. So it is um, you know, hard to believe that we have this in Milwaukee, that you're talking about guys like you know Michael Jordan doing this and the list being as small as it is of – uh, not only the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, but guys that have won back-to-back MVPs or you know just more than one MVP in their career. And for him to already have accomplished that is uh, certainly special. And as, you know, as we said, you think back to, and I did something uh, with another show over the weekend where um, they were just kind of asking about Giannis and what he means to the city of Milwaukee. And, you know, you think back 10 years ago where, you know, uh, there is certainly a lot of loyalty here for Giannis to Milwaukee, but this is kind of a, a mutual admiration society for a number of reasons. And number one, the loyalty that Giannis has talked about many times for the Bucks to take the chance on him and bring him over here and uh, bring his family over here as well and give him this new life and this career in the NBA. But also, you know, if we're being honest, you can make a very strong case Giannis went a long way. I know the new ownership group, you could really lay out a stronger case, but 
Giannis did just as much to basically save basketball in Milwaukee, where, yes, they had the new ownership group and they got the new arena built, but uh, the interest still started to gain more and more momentum as Giannis became a, a better and better player as the years went on, that he came around at the right time for a city that desperately needed a star, especially in basketball, and, you know, for a franchise that needed a cornerstone and needed its own identity, and, and he's provided that to this city. So now to see him cap it with two straight MVPs and to do something that only a handful of players in this league's history have done um, certainly makes you feel good about that and just speaks to how special it's been here the last handful of years. Yeah, players to win back-to-back MVPs. So Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, LeBron, and Steph Curry. So it's a, a pretty handy group that he joins. And you already touched on uh, the addition of the Defensive Player of the Year, obviously joining Michael Jordan and, and Hakeem there as well to do it in the same year. So Frank always talks about the fact that, and mostly it's in post-game, um, podcast where we'll go through and we'll talk about Dante DiVincenzo. We'll talk about Chris Milton, Eric Bledsoe, and then we'll get to the end of the show and we'll say, oh, by the way, Giannis just had 36 points, 18 rebounds tonight as well. Uh, and we should probably mention that before we wrap this up. And I think that's one of the things for me, um, probably the last few days I've, I've gone back and watched a couple of games, just looked at some highlights, read some, uh, some of his stats and poured through all the numbers again. And, and you know, at, at times we probably do take it for granted how great this guy is and, and we pick him apart in different areas of his game because we know that the success of, of basketball in Milwaukee, the, this franchise winning a championship, really rides with him. And we talk about the, the rest of the roster and the coaching and everything like that. But what Giannis has done for this team is he's put their, the franchise in a position where as long as you have him and the Bucks are going to have him next year, they're going to win 50 games. And we know that. And he is that good. He is that far ahead of, of the rest of the, the competition when it comes to um, certainly regular season and playoffs, he's still yet to have his moments, but uh, still only 25. And I, I said this before, but I think this is where it comes down to how you know, kind of frustrating it, and a little bit sad it is that the judgments are so quick to be made about players uh, that, that haven't won in the playoffs or haven't had success without going through and figuring it out and learning about what it's like to win in the playoffs. We always talk about LeBron James and the fact that it took him a long time, but it extends to all players these days. And I see guys like, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray in that first round series where they were going against each other. Everyone's like, oh, wow, I can't believe like, this, is, this is like the breakout performance from these guys. And it's like they're 23 years old. This is what happens. This is the development of a player. And we've had the pleasure of watching Giannis up close and certainly um, yourself and me, Justin, live, getting to see him so often play the way that he plays, dominate the game, uh, and just all all around continue to improve. And I think that this is the thing that, that you just have to respect him so much. And we saw the way that he accepted this award and said, you know, don't, don't call me the MVP towards a champion. And he kind of said that with a smile on his face. It's kind of a bit now after what he said last year when he did go back and win back-to-back MVPs, as he said, he was his goal. But uh, this guy just has a drive that, that makes him great. And you put, you put it well, Justin, when you speak about the fact that drafted 15th, he could have, you know, maybe this pick didn't work out. We knew at the time that this was going to be a swing for the fences pick. It felt like the Bucks needed to do that. They needed to luck out with where they were picking in the draft and they needed to um, certainly get lucky with a guy that could become an all-star caliber player. I don't think anyone could have believed that he would become an MVP caliber player, let alone back-to-back MVP and legitimately one of the best players in the, in the whole world. It's, it's been an incredible ride. And again, 
as we sort of talk about the fact it didn't end the way we would have liked to as far as playoff success this year, uh, it's been a remarkable ride. And watching this guy up close, it's been, um, it's been a pleasure. It's been, it brings so much enjoyment. He is must-watch. And again, when you look at the, the city of Milwaukee and Fiserv Forum being sold out basically every single night, uh, it's all because of this guy. Yeah, I mean, it certainly exceeded all of our expectations, our wildest expectations. I mean, I mean you touched on the swing for the fences pick that it was, and that's something that you know, not only the Bucks, but teams that are in the Bucks spot, you know, I, I'm not the only one that said it, but I've said for years, look, this is what you have to do with the draft, that if there's no sure thing and you're in a spot in the you know, low to mid-teens, just go for the high upside pick and look what, you know, uh, somewhat similar. Look what Denver did with Michael Porter Jr. Just do that. And, you know, hopefully one or two of those will pan out for you. And this one certainly did. But even with Giannis, I mean, you could see some signs of it early in his career. But even then, I think the the hope was, okay, maybe we have a guy that is going to be a consistent starter in this league. And then as we saw the first, what, five or so years of his career, the numbers improved every year, and then it became, okay, maybe he can be an all-star. And then he wins the most improved player award, and you start to hear some rumblings, and you start to hear guys like KG really speaking up too of, you know, this guy could be an MVP. And I think most of us thought, you know what, that would be great. But let's just, you know, hopefully he can be an all-star type player year in, year out. And um, for him to now do this two years in a row, certainly nobody saw this coming, uh, what, five years ago. So uh, for him to continue to put in the work is, you know, certainly special. And that's the reason why he's reached the levels he has in his career. I remember texting a friend of mine after those first few preseason games that he played. And we saw like the little flashes and we saw a little bit of it at Summer League as well. And clearly, I've said this before, one of the, the fun things about being a sports fan is, getting overly excited and overreacting to young players. Like seeing a player develop in your team is one of the coolest things about being a sports fan. And I think, you know, in some respects, we've seen that this year with Dante DiVincenzo and how excited excited Bucks fans are about him because... Well, and and last year with DJ Wilson. Right, exactly right. And and part of that is because the Bucks haven't just had too much young talent on the roster, particularly over the last couple of years. So you do get overexcited. But I remember texting my friend after those preseason games and I said... Uh, Giannis, look out for this guy. He's going to be an all-star in 2016-17. And he just wrote back and said, ha I don't even know who this guy is. What are you talking about? And, uh, and he did end up being an all-star in 16-17. Been four-time all-star now. As I said, two-time MVP, most improved. I think the big thing that probably shocked me from watching in that rookie season, and again, it's so crazy to think about that rookie season, and he talks about it a lot, the 15 wins. It was just a... I mean, it was a disaster of a season, but... The thing that kept me watching every single game was Giannis because you were like, okay, yeah. what are we going to see here? We're going to see some little flash here. He might have a dunk, might have a, a sweet defensive play, a block, something like that. But I, I did think that he was going to, or he was trending in the direction of and translating into a guy that would be more of a shooter. And I know that this is an area of his game that causes a lot of frustration for Bucks fans because they look at the way he shot the ball uh, as a rookie. But the one thing I, I never would have predicted was... And I mean, I don't think this is outrageous. I don't think anyone would have predicted this, but not only the growth, and I think the fact that he went from you know six six eight six nine to the genuine seven footer uh, has affected his shot and his mechanics. I think there's a lot of things going on there. Also, simply how big he's gotten 
And that's probably the thing that I never saw coming. I thought he could be an all-star player, perimeter threat, a really good defensive player, but to become this physical beast that literally just overwhelms everyone in the NBA, I mean, I I just did not see that coming. The, The physical growth of Giannis from rookie to right now is the most incredible thing to look at. Well, it was, uh, you know, kind of similar to the stats where every year he seemed to, I guess, fill out more. And, and you know, he was, uh, you know, a kid when the Bucks drafted him and we saw lengthwise how much he grew. So you assume that would, you know, translate everywhere. And he started to fill out a little more, but it was, what, three years ago where we started to see the pictures over the yeah. summer of here's what Giannis looks like now. And you thought, holy cow, this guy has just been living in the gym and he is absolutely jacked now. I agree that... You know, look, there's a, there's a number of, of things, and I've seen people post the videos, too, of, man, look what Giannis used to be like as a shooter. But there's not one single thing that you can point to. I mean, changes in philosophy, changes in coaching, all of that factors in. His growth and just the way that he has tailored his game uh, certainly factors in there as well. But, it, you know, it, it seems like every year it was always something with him that, you know, you touched on the 15-win season where it, it was just his overall play and his upside that kept you watching – and, you know, then still a couple of years into his career and early on, and when Jason Kidd was the coach too, it was the intrigue of, well, this guy's going to play point guard. So I kind of want to see how that experiment goes. And then you saw the numbers start to get better and better each year that, you know, every year and now that you're the MVP, um, you know, there isn't a whole lot more that you can add to the game. Obviously, the, the big things that we've all talked about in recent weeks, but uh, he's just continued to add that, that every year you kind of had these little glimpses of, okay, here's what I'm going to watch in Giannis, and, and here's some of the things that we can uh, watch for now that will at least keep me entertained here, even if the Bucks aren't winning. And then they finally reached the point where he started to put most of it together. There's still a few components missing, but the team has started to enjoy the success now as well. No question. And again, he's scoring as you sort of pointed to, I mean, the way that it has developed six points in his rookie season, up to 12, then 16, 22, 26, 27, 29. The fact that it has continued to go up every single year is quite remarkable. And particularly because when you look at that, that real explosion that he had in 17, 18, 26 points per game, 10 rebounds, became an absolute monster. But in that season, he played over 36 minutes per game. And that's the crazy thing that he's gone from 36 minutes in 2018 down to 32 in, in 19. And then we know at around 30 in 2020, and the scoring has still gone up. I know Frank was desperate for Giannis to get over the 30 mark this year. But as we always talk about with this guy, and this is why, you know, the thought of him potentially locking in an extension of some sorts I would hope the Supermax, but even if it's just a one plus one or a two plus one, whatever it may be, a shorter term contract, because of the development curve of this guy and the fact that you literally just cannot rule out that he's going to improve in some area of his game, uh, the, the thought of having him for multiple seasons here in Milwaukee is so exciting to be able to see what's next, because this has always been the great thing about Giannis. Yes, he's, he's still that dominant force, but we saw flashes this year. The three-point shot was really streaky. But he still got it from 25 to 30, despite basically doubling the volume of threes he was taking. We spoke a lot about that mid-range to turn around. It started to look like a real weapon, despite the fact he didn't really go to it in the postseason. Uh, we still saw wrinkles of his game that continued to improve. And that, to me, is the most exciting thing about this guy. I mean, I, j- I just can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, and I mean, his the, the minutes per game are, I think, by a wide margin, the lowest for any MVP in uh, league history and the lowest minutes that he played since his rookie year. 
So um, it, that's, you know, when we talk about some of the things that he has to add, I mean, that certainly leaves the door open for the numbers to improve uh, even more. And I think if you, you just look at the per 36, he led the league in scoring this year. So it's still tough to wrap your mind around the fact that, you know, you kind of touched on it early, but he basically, especially if you look at the per 36, what he did in his minutes there, he's probably the quietest 30 point per game scorer that I've seen probably in my lifetime and following the game where it just became so second nature that, you know, you would, if we're at Pfizer forum, you'd look up at the scoreboard or you'd look at one of the stat sheets that the Bucks would bring around after every quarter. And you would see, Oh, Holy cow. Giannis is already up to 31 points where you'd be thinking, man, Giannis is, you know, getting off to a pretty good start. And then before you know it, Oh wow, it's already 25 or it's already 30 points. And it just seems like it's, you know, so natural and, and just comes about so quietly where, you know, you see guys like Steph Curry, who I think had, uh, next to Giannis, the second lowest minute total for an MVP where, you know, you'll see Steph go in these stretches and the three-point shooting where he just takes over. Giannis does it too, but I think because it's twos and not threes, you just don't really realize it as much that, you know, he puts up this high volume of scoring and it almost sounds strange to say, but it doesn't feel like it most of the time. No, absolutely correct. I mean, this is the crazy thing about his scoring, as you said, uh, he's done it without being a consistent three-point shooter. I mean, he's got, he knocked down 1.4 per game. So uh, there was obviously significant stretches where he wouldn't even knock down a three and he'd still score 30-plus. Clearly, a lot of that is at the free-throw line. Uh, and it's it's kind of crazy. I've seen a stat, and I don't have it up, so this is kind of bad podcasting on, on my behalf even bringing this up. But I saw a stat, I think it was from Dean, about his true shooting percentage in the playoffs, still up above... 60%, which is just insane to think about because we know how much he struggled at the at the free throw line and at times had some efficiency issues as well. So the guy just finds ways to score no matter what. I was going through his game log over the weekend, trying to remember a couple of his best performances this season in particular uh, because, uh, you know, again, we, we forget about the enjoyment that we had during the regular season. Obviously, the winning streak, um, there's a number of other fun games. Certainly the game in Toronto is one that I absolutely loved uh, early in the season. The season opener against Houston was awesome. That was a lot of fun, despite the fact Giannis fouled out, but it was a fun uh, win. Is there any performances that sort of stick with you or stand out in your mind, whether it was a game that you were at at Fiserv Forum or, or one on the road as well? Because again, you just roll through his game log and I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Some of the lines he had across the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, those two, um, certainly. And, you know, I mean, I think the signature one that we'll all look to, especially because it was a win and it was right around the time that the Bucks were really rolling is, and it was a national game, was the Lakers game where, you know, yeah. you had Giannis and AD and not Giannis and LeBron, but Giannis and Anthony Davis were the ones that were dueling in that game. And you got the visual of Giannis crowning himself in the game. So I think that's the one that we'll all probably look back on and remember probably best from this season in terms of at least the regular season games or the regular, regular season games. That's the one and uh, the ones that you mentioned too, but that's, that's what really stands out to me most from this season. Okay, Justin, it's time to talk about Built Bar, our show sponsor today. It's new and improved. It's more deliciouser than ever. I still don't understand what that means, but I'm running with it. They have six new flavors that include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake to go along with the 12 original flavors. Uh, you got the peanut butter in there, the banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel. I could keep going and going, but I won't. We know the best thing about the Built Bar is that they are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight. 
while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. I'm about to have a built bar right now and get out in the sun and go for a run. I need to get some exercise in. I had a big weekend. Bars are open now here, so I, I was out. So I need to recover. I need to go out. I need to run. But before I do that, I'm going to get stuck into the Built Bar. And the best thing for our listeners is we have a deal for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's Locked On for $10 off at builtbar.com. Yeah, he really went on a shooting spree during that stretch of games. This was a crazy stretch where I was like, holy shit, this guy might actually be turning into a 35, 36, 37% shooter. Obviously, five for eight against the Lakers in that game, but that was right in the middle of a, a really hot stretch for him that unfortunately basically ended with Christmas Day, and we know what happened there. And then he had his moments from then on, but was never quite the same. I'm not sure whether that Christmas Day game dented his confidence at all. Clearly, that was a forgettable day for Giannis and the Bucks, But another one that stands out for me, the 50 points against Utah, 50 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, uh, and the Bucks got up and won that game. That was during the winning streak. Just a monster effort from him. He had a couple other huge nights as well. Interestingly, that he had the 48 points, 14, re- uh, 14 rebounds against Dallas, the game that broke the streak with no Luka, but that was a... We, we haven't seen it too often, but that was literally a Giannis or nothing game. He was just carrying this team to almost pull off a bit of a miraculous win at the end. And the other one that the, the Bucks lost, but I, the performance sticks out to me, was the 30 points he had against Utah. We know how that game ended, but I think he had two points at halftime. At halftime, and, yeah. And it was, I mean, that game was a disaster. I think the Bucks only had 34 points at halftime. It was brutal to watch. And then Giannis came out and had 28 points in the second half and just completely destroyed Rudy Gobert and anyone that was even in his path. He just ran through them all. That was a really fun one as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, I could keep going. Well, and, you know, and now that we talk about it more, um, the other ones that stand out, I guess, are uh, it was early March when he, I think it was his second 2020 game of the season, and it turned out to be a 40-20 game when he scored uh, 40-41 against the Hornets. And, um, you know, even – um, the home opener against Miami where he finished just short of a triple-double and it was him basically catching the shot from Chris and putting it in to force overtime. Um, again, a game that he, I believe, fouled out in and the Bucks ultimately lost, but still a near triple-double and it was his heroics that lifted them into overtime in a game that felt like you know, we saw basically what, maybe four or so times during the regular season where it, it felt like, okay, the Bucks aren't playing well and they really have no business to be close in this game, and yet here they are with a chance. The Mavs game that you already touched on, another one where you know, he had the huge numbers. The Bucks didn't play well, and they still put themselves miraculously in a spot to at least force overtime late in that game. 37 times he scored 30-plus points in his 63 appearances, which... Uh, again, I remember there's a game that sticks out to me from a couple of years ago. I think it was, uh, it might have been against the Cavs on national TV. We're going back a few years ago now when LeBron um, obviously was in Cleveland and Giannis was just ascending. It was a TNT game. I think the Bucks lost, but Giannis had 30 plus points. And I still remember, you know, in the early days, how exciting it was when Giannis had a 30 point game. It was just unbelievable to see a player have that kind of performance, particularly him, a guy who we were really excited about. And now it's just, uh, as you said, I mean, there's, there's so many, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to call them ho-hum performances, but it's, oh, Giannis said 32 and 18 today. Oh, sweet. Cool. Bucks win. That's, that's fun. 
And uh, it's not until, as I said, you, you read through the game log, you see all these. I think we should touch on the whole LeBron stuff before we, we wrap this up from the weekend. Uh, plenty of talk over the weekend and uh, from LeBron, really, uh, because the media got rolling on it a little bit and it's the same old suspects. We don't even need to mention their names, but the same old people who, who all through the season were saying LeBron is the MVP because he's old. LeBron is the MVP because Kobe passed away and LeBron's dealing with that with the Lakers and it's such a difficult time for him personally. We saw that all year. There was no one really that could make a statistical case for LeBron to win the MVP. There was no one that could really look at the play between the two players and say that LeBron was the MVP over Giannis without bringing in narrative. And then LeBron went on a bit of a tear post-game after game one against Denver. I mean, look, when we talked about the MVP vote... um... For Giannis to get as many first-place votes as he got surprised me in that I wasn't surprised he won. I think we all expected him to win. And, you know, kind of the point that you're laying out now is, um, you know, look, regardless of what LeBron said, and I, you know, I'm I'm certainly not the first to point it out, but I I did find it very humorous that LeBron chose to use the word narrative when (laughs) laying out his case when his entire case is narrative-based and that look what I'm doing for the Lakers and the passing of Kobe and my age. Um, but, you know, I, I was surprised that it was as much of a runaway as it was, that I think we all expected Giannis to win the MVP, but we thought it would be close, especially, you know, because uh, as the season started to progress more and more and, you know, where we left off in March, LeBron's candidacy for MVP was really picking up steam. You had the Lakers playing as well as they had up until this point uh, all season with including wins over the bucks. And I think Clippers in the same weekend and LeBron was looking really good. And, and, you know, LeBron had the Lakers playing at that high level that that's when you started to think, okay, it's starting to level off a little bit where Giannis is no longer the clear front runner. Maybe we could see a co MVP this season. And maybe, you know, again, the whole narrative thing, you know, maybe this Kobe Bryant thing. And, you know, let's also keep in mind, you know, how was Giannis penalized, because he didn't play for the Lakers while Kobe did. Well, Giannis had a very close friendship with Kobe Bryant, so that has to factor in as well if you're going to talk about you know LeBron being the steward of the franchise now that just witnessed the passing of Kobe. But I was surprised that it was as much of a runaway as it was. Um, look, LeBron certainly had a very deserving case this year. I think Giannis still had the better resume, but that's what really struck me most when we saw the votes was that wow, this wasn't as close as, as we all assumed it would be throughout this season, that Giannis really did run away with this. And look, let's also be honest. The NBA is, and I know that their awards have started to come under criticism and you've seen more and more um, national people start to call out the whole process of it. And now you're seeing this movement of, well, it should be a league or excuse me, a season long award and not just the regular season, which, you know, that was never the intention. And the problem that the league has put themselves in here is they wanted this whole show of the award show and they wanted to, you know, basically monopolize the summer and find more reasons for you to tune in to have free agency, to have the award show, to have the summer league, to have all of that. And the problem that that does is this conversation that we're having now and that a lot of other people are having over, well, who's more deserving just because, you're basically dragging your feet and prolonging this instead of, you know, the, uh, what, days, even 10 years ago, when, think of some of the memorable moments of guys winning the MVP award and being presented with the award 
before a game in the first or second round of the playoffs that if the league would just go back to that, where you're handing out the award at least early into the postseason, where you know it doesn't start to become after the season has wrapped up or the postseason is you know nearing its finish, that's no longer on everybody's mind or hasn't gotten on their minds yet. So you're still going to be focusing on the regular season. We're probably not having most of these conversations if that's the case. It is very awkward, the, the fact that they had to do the presentation the way they did. But to be fair, it would have been an awkward presentation no matter what this year because it's always this, this weird digital, you know, kind of strange thing. I mean, well, and, and, little- even, and even not to cut you off, but even in this scenario that I laid out, it's going to be awkward because, yeah. you know, even if you did say, hey, Giannis, you won the MVP and we're presented it as, you know, if memory serves, it used to always happen around early in the second round of the playoffs. So if you're doing it then and, you know, Adam Silver's in the bubble and gives Giannis the trophy before the game, well, it's happening while his team is trailing two games to none or three games to none to the Miami Heat. So there's still a level of awkwardness there. Uh, But I just don't get why they keep pushing this off because the more you do this, the more people are going to look at the final product instead of the regular season. And especially this year where, you know, there really was no excuse that you went out of your way to make it clear, look, this is an October through March award. Everything that happens in the bubble has no bearing on this. Well, then what are we waiting for? Just hand out the award as soon as the bubble play starts and you know, don't even let this become a talking point. I think, I think it's a fair point. And, but uh, again, as you sort of pointed to, I, I think Dirk won the MVP after the one seed were eliminated by Golden State. Yeah, by the – yep. Yeah, so, I mean, this isn't, it's not like this is the first time this has happened. And the Bucks got to the second round. I mean, we've seen plenty of MVPs uh, be in that situation. I will say that I kind of agree with you that I think the voting this year, Giannis definitely, I mean, I think he would have won anyway, but I think he did certainly benefit from the fact that the, everyone had a few months to sort of sit back and cool off from the heat the Lakers were bringing, potentially even having the best record in the NBA. So I, I will say that I think that that stretch there certainly uh, helped Giannis to uh, have the lead that he did in the voting. But again, I, I just don't think it was that close. I mean, you couldn't, unless you wanted to hand LeBron an MVP for basically lifetime achievement, then, you know, I, I don't think there was a case for him over Giannis. And he was fantastic this year, but so was Anthony Davis. And there's certainly some people there that will sit there and tell you that Anthony Davis has been as important to the Lakers as LeBron has. And listen, we just sat and watched a game, a playoff game where, uh, I'm not saying that LeBron, look, he wasn't great down the stretch. That's all I'm going to say. And Anthony Davis bailed them out in in that game. So it goes both ways as well. It's not about the playoffs. And I just don't understand how people coming out and saying, specifically Rachel Nichols, saying that the players, it should be the best player award. Like, I don't even understand what that means. So LeBron would have just won it the last 15 years. Like, I don't even understand what that argument is. But ultimately... I think they got the they got they got it right, and, and and that's the main point here. They got it right. Giannis is the MVP, back to back MVP, and I think we should enjoy this uh, moment and and take the time to go back and watch some of his games this year and and enjoy the dominance that he had over the rest of the league. Because as much as we've just spoke about the voting system, I think you can basically rule Giannis out for the MVP next year. He's not going to win three in a row, and maybe. It might be a stretch now before he wins another one, if he does ever at all, because that's the way this works. And once you get a couple in a row, it's going to be really difficult for you to get back there. So uh, let's make the most of this one. Well, which is probably for the best too, because, you know, um, everybody's going to bring up and look, it's criminal that LeBron 
everybody's just as they bring up with Michael Jordan and, you know, he could have been or should have been the MVP every year. I mean, LeBron should have more MVPs than he does. And I think that's what really stings about this one is I think LeBron knows this was his last best chance at getting another one. And yes, he should have more than he does, but it's always a, you know, whatever the new thing is that that was Giannis for the last two years. It was James Harden prior to that. It was Steph Curry prior to that. It's not necessarily, you know, the guy that has the best impact on his team or biggest impact on his team and the best player on the best team season long. It's a regular season award. We need to keep that in mind. And that's, I guess the issue that I took too with you brought up Rachel Nichols tweet. I mean, you can't say that other sports are changing the awards when they're just not. I mean, you can't make that argument when Mike Trout is winning MVP awards and the angels have a losing record. The other sports are not making this a year long award. They're saying who had the biggest impact during the regular season. That's what this award always has been. I mean, the fact that Michael Jordan won as few as he did, the fact that LeBron won as few as he did speaks to that better than anything else. So unless you want to radically change this and, you know, say, look, this is going to be a season long award. We're not going to hand it out until after the finals. Then it's not a conversation worth having. And, you know, by the way, I would not be in favor of that because we already have an award for that for the finals MVP. So, you know, you can't fault Giannis. It's not his fault uh, that this is how the system is set up. And sure. The optics don't look great that his team is bounced in the second round. LeBron is still playing and Giannis gets the MVP, but as you said, uh, you know, I would not expect him to be the favorite to win it next year. I wouldn't expect him to win it next year. And I would guess, you know, if he does win it again in his career, there's probably going to be a gap of a couple years in there. And it's probably going to be a similar spot with LeBron where, you know, if as much as we hope it doesn't happen, if Giannis joins a new team, then he may be the front runner for an MVP award. Otherwise it's going to be a couple years down the road in his career. And if the Bucks maybe fall off a bit, and then all of a sudden, you know, reemerge as a title contender, then he would have that narrative to use the word and be the MVP favorite. But he's probably not going to be in the conversation for an MVP, at least a favorite for the award for the next few years. And like I said, I don't think that's a bad thing because, you know, what we've seen now, at least the last handful of years, yes, the Warriors have won the title when Steph Curry won the MVP, but some of the other names you mentioned, I mean, Steve Nash never won a title either of those two years, never won a title, period, but never won a title either of those two years he won the MVP, that it just seems like it is a regular season award. And James Harden, too. I mean, more often than not, the guy that wins the award, we're seeing not really his team doesn't win a championship. So if Giannis isn't in the conversation, I would be fine with that moving forward. 29.5 points, 13.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists in just 30 minutes, as I said. A ridiculous season for Giannis. And really... Who would have thought that we would be sitting here uh, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks having a back-to-back MVP in 2020? I I wouldn't have even... I mean, when he was drafted, not only would I have not believed you, obviously, if you said he was going to be the guy to do it, but I would have said there's no chance in hell that they're going to have a back-to-back MVP. I don't even care who it is. They're not attracting anyone that's that caliber of player. They're probably not drafting anyone that's that caliber of player. I just would never have believed it. So, you know, again... Bigger fish to fry, obviously, for the Bucks moving to next season. And Giannis himself, I'm sure he would trade in the MVP uh, for a title. There's no doubt about that. And that's going to be the goal moving forward. But uh, these last two years, man, it has been a ride. And it has been fun watching this guy play uh, every night, every game. The way that he does, the dominance he's had. Again, I, I just would never imagine that I could sit there and, and watch a player like that play for the Bucks. So it's been a lot of fun. And this has been a lot of fun talking to you about it, Justin. It's, uh, it feels good to have a nice little positive podcast. 
Well, and you know, not only that, but even at least six years ago when he was drafted, but maybe even five years ago, uh, if, if you would have said the Bucks have a player on their roster right now that's going to win an MVP award, how many people would have said Jabari Parker over Giannis? Yeah, probably most. Probably, uh, probably a lot. I mean, he always had his skeptics, but there's no doubt about that. I mean, you talk about the, the back-to-back first-round draft picks they had with Giannis and then Jabari. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, the Jabari story was one that, um, you know, maybe I, I would have also not believed the way that that panned out. Yeah, I mean, Giannis, for me, the, the two that I'm always going to uh, remember are uh, Michael Red. I was a pretty big Michael Red stand, and I feel like I was in pretty early on him where I thought, man, you know, I don't know what it is, but I think this guy can be decent. And Michael Red's another guy that, you know, to, to become an all-star, I didn't think Michael Red was going to be an all-star. I just wondered during the 2000, uh, 2001 season, like, wow, you know, I understand this is a 50-win team here, but I really wish this Michael Red guy would play a little more. So in the years that followed, I got my wish, and Michael Red exceeded my expectations. But Giannis is on not only a whole nother level, Giannis is on a couple different levels from those expectations of Michael Red. Yes, uh, yes, yes, he certainly is. And uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about Giannis a lot over the offseason so this was a fun little distraction i think for all bucks fans for Giannis to pick up the mvp again i I did joke that they should put him in the pope mobile and parade him through the streets of milwaukee when he returns it's kind of strange they won't be able to have the same party they did last year but uh nonetheless very cool uh for Giannis to win the award and it was a fun little thing over the weekend it was fun to see Giannis talk it was fun to see him uh smiling again as the mvp justin it's always a pleasure to hang out with you particularly on a Sunday evening, as uh, I guess I guess most of our listeners are pretty happy on Sunday evening. The Packers looking pretty good. Uh, sports are back. Sports are sports are good. People people are back on board with sports again. They're all in on the Packers. Sports are back, and I mean it never ceases to amaze me of just how much there is to talk about this team year round. That yeah. you know we're we're into September now, and we're not preparing for a season that's about a month away. We're recapping a season yet, and you know. Think back again, as we said, the last five years and and how far Giannis has come, but just the franchise overall with all the different things we have that keep our interest and and keep us talking about this Bucks team uh, compared to where this was, you know, up until the last few years. It's, you know, you talk about the ascent of Giannis. It's it's same can be said for the ascent of the franchise and where they've gone the last few years. No doubt about that, and we do have plenty to talk about. We've still got plenty of mailbag questions we're going to roll through when Frank gets back. We apologize. I mean, we spent 20 minutes talking about pizza the other day, so we uh, probably skipped a couple of questions that we could have got to, but we are going to get to those. Uh, don't forget, you can send in more questions, ideas, anything you want us to discuss at Locked On Bucks, and we will uh, get you there. Also, LockedOnBucks at gmail.com if you prefer to send through an email. And we'll get to those over the next few weeks as uh, I guess we head towards the draft and free agency. And that's the next step for us at some point also, too. I want to look at the playoffs going on right now and uh, see what we can learn from a Bucks perspective about what we're seeing on the court. But for Justin and myself, we will be back tomorrow. Of course, what else are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Bucks tomorrow. We'll be back then. Stay safe. We'll speak to you guys.